As Obi-Wan would say, you. <laughs> now I'm lost. What are you going for? <laughs> I just thought you were going to say, may the force be with you. Um, like, what does Obi-Wan say? He says hello there, but we're leaving, so why would I say that? <laughs> we would be honored if you would join us. Hello and welcome to another great episode of the Mostly Star Wars podcast. Uh, we're sorry we have uh, missed you guys the past couple of weeks, but we're glad to be back with the, the wonderful hosts. Uh, we have most Darth Canuck, Tyler. Howdy. Uh, Martinez Mostly and Josiah. And myself, Crazy Quentin. Quentin, I guess it just, you know, works like that. Um, we're here talking about the last three episodes of Andor because we've missed a couple of podcasts. We're going to start with episode five. It's going to be a little bit of a, a slower start as that was a slower episode, but a great episode to build up to what we got later on. Um, so what, what do you guys think with the, with the series so far? How's it, what's your general opinion? You liking it? You're feeling good? Yes. Uh, uh, go ahead, Josiah, if you want to take this one. Uh, did you uh, just... Sorry, Josiah, to interrupt, but did you change your mic on your side because it's not showing up on the Discord or the YouTube? I can hear you on, on I can hear you on Discord, but it's not. Yeah, it's not showing up on on the channels. Sorry, folks, a little technical difficulties. Okay, how about uh, now? Yeah, it looks like it's working. Okay. Okay. So yeah, if you heard me, sorry, you're going to have to listen to me twice. Um, but <laughs> if you didn't, yeah. Uh, I was just saying that, yeah, it definitely is kind of like a slow burn, right? On those couple of episodes, everybody talked about it being kind of like <clears throat> that three-episode arc. They were spot on. It definitely does feel that way, that it's kind of like two build-up episodes and an action episode. That's at least how they've been so far. And, uh, you know, the, the build-up episodes are excellent. Obviously, we're going to love it no matter what. You know, since we love Star Wars, you know, we uh, we are digging every single episode. Uh, but thinking of it kind of as a casual, um, you know, audience, I watched them when I was in Hawaii with my parents, who are definitely casual Star Wars fans. And uh, they, they definitely were feeling it. You know, we, you watch it late at night if you're like a casual fan. You know, those first couple episodes or... You know, like four and five is definitely kind of a little bit slow. Um, but yeah, definitely the payoffs. That's what I told them, you know, that you're going to get the payoffs at episode three. You're going to get the payoff in episode six. Everything you've been building on all kind of like accumulates into like an amazing episode. And you definitely need those kind of build up episodes to make everything more impactful, more emotional, you know, more exciting. Uh, but yeah, the the pacing and the way it's going, uh, it it 
it was definitely interesting, but I'd say now where we're at, I'm feeling really good. I'm feeling really good for the rest of the season and hopefully for a season two, even if they kept this, the same style, like now I'm just, I'm comfortable with it. I understand the way that it's been working and, you know, who knows, they might, you know, completely blow everything out of the water on the next episode and switch it up. But so far, yeah, I've been loving it. Yeah, you do get that build up. Uh, you get to get attached to these characters, and and then we get to see what happens to them. Uh, did I interrupt you, Q? Huh? Uh, you get to see these the build up of these characters uh, through uh, episode. Well, we're we're talking about the episode four, five, and six arc currently, but more specifically the fifth one and the axe uh, the axe forgets i love that title i love that line of mm -hmm. the atrocities that the empire is doing that they do these to these individuals and so the empire is the evil organization but they're doing these atrocities to individuals and the empire is the axe cutting them down the axe, they don't remember who they hurt. They hurt everyone. They don't care. But the tree is the individual. And they remember the the things, the bad, the, how they were wronged by the Empire. And it's yeah. just an interesting take uh, where you have uh, Skeen, especially uh, once you get to episode six and you see the finale with him. But he's the one explaining this. He's saying... He never forgets. He, he's he's angry with the way he, they've been treated, mm -hmm. and so you you don't. It almost makes them the moment here. Once you get to episode seven, it makes it more impactful. Yeah, and it's it's just an interesting when you see their uh, why they're rebelling, why they're doing what they're doing, and mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm loving it so far. I think I think it's it's really great. Uh, one thing I I heard recently is that um, episode seven, which is what we just got this week, is kind of standalone. So there's there's a three episode arc, three episode arc, seven is standalone, three episode arc, and then a two episode finale. Mm. So uh, you can kind of we'll talk about it later, but you can kind of kind of see how seven stands alone. But yeah. Um, it's I just oh, it's just so interesting. It's so good. The storytelling, the uh, uh, just the the design, the worlds look amazing. That uh, is one thing that is uh, interesting is the world building, and because they're not necessarily stuck. I, I was reading somewhere today that said, "Well, like." Shows like The Mandalorian, Boba Fett, and Obi-Wan all use the volume, and they spent their budget on CGI and stuff, and yeah. Andor spent its budget on on location, filming mm -hmm. in Ireland and stuff, and for, for Aldani. Yeah, Is definitely that... a payoff. <laughs> hey, what's and up, I like Seth? that it's um it's 
you know, we're watching Star Wars Andor, but they're not like focusing too much on just Andor, right? We're getting other stories. We're getting uh, we're getting Mon Mothma's story. We we in this episode mm-hmm. we meet her daughter, and that's the first. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the first canon, currently canon appearance of her daughter. In in current Disney canon, so that was interesting to see. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know if we've uh, if there's ever been anywhere else that even states she has a daughter. Is there, or is is so she in, in 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 Legends? She had a son who was in some stuff, and that son mentioned a sister, but she I don't think she was ever actually in it. Mm-hmm. But in in canon, there's there's been nothing so far, so this is the first uh, introduction of uh, her daughter into canon. And so, she seems like a regular bratty teenager. Right. <laughs> Mom's the disciplinarian, and Dad's the one that just wants to I, have fun. Uh-huh. I really like that uh, episode there because it shows that maybe because you, you think when you think of Mon Mothma, you think of the elegant uh, leader of the rebellion. And yeah. here, she her daughter is complaining, basically saying her doing this stuff for the rebellion is she, maybe she's taking her own family for granted. Obviously, mm-hmm. her husband doesn't care much for her, but also he's kind of a dirtbag anyway, so who cares? <laughs> yeah, he, he just wants to enjoy the, the luxury and high life of being a senator's husband and have fun parties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> Probably doesn't have a job, just hangs out at home. I mean, why do you need a job? You're the senator's husband. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, Seth says here, don't get me wrong. I love Vader and Jedi and whatnot as much as the next guy, but the universe is so much more than just that and i love that andor taps into that yeah mm-hmm. so the you're getting more of what it's like to be a normal person in this world and mm-hmm. and i really like what they're showing with that when it comes to regards to the empire itself you're also seeing yeah. what it's like to live a normal life as part of the empire with uh deidre and and Cyril and mm-hmm. his his story just gets so it it's so amazing and I can't wait to see it unfold because in even Deidre's she's she doesn't know that the empire is wrong or what they're really doing I don't think but she's full hearted with the empire and mm-hmm. and she's trying to suss out the rebellion and <clears throat> they the problem with the officers in in the empire is that they're all trying to elevate themselves right and she's she's understanding that I mean, that's the issue that they're not look they aren't looking at certain things just because they aren't they don't care even mm-hmm. even uh cassian says it to nemec and he's like they don't care about you they don't yeah. they don't care that <laughs> you you think what you think and they don't care how you feel mm-hmm. they're just going to keep doing what they're doing mm-hmm. and Bedidra says sees that from a different she sees the same thing but it's from a different perspective she's seeing that the rebels are infiltrating 
these <clears throat> these small things that look like one-offs she knows that are becoming more of a problem and mm -hmm. look like a growing rebellion yeah yeah for sure and i i think uh seth's second point there uh he said yeah I love that it kind of grounds Mon Mothma <coughs> and almost humanizes her, makes her more of an actual character. And I totally agree with that too. I, I love that they did that with her. And I mean, she's just, I mean, she's just been killing it. I, I anytime that she's on the screen, I'm just super excited. What's going to happen next. You know, how she's going to, oh, yeah. you know, act out this next part because she's just been so amazing. And uh, yeah, uh, it's, I think that that what they did in this in this series with her is, you know, completely surpassed any of my expectations. It's just it's just getting better and better with her story. And I think even like you were saying with Cyril, all of kind of these like side stories, you know, they they feel good. They feel right. And, you know, at first it's like, you know, how far are we going to go with this? You know, are they, we're eventually, we know going to get a payoff with a lot of these stories kind of interconnecting, but I love that it's kind of doing like a nature versus nurture, right. In this series, like there's a lot that, you know, these characters didn't have a choice, you know, whether it was, you know, where they were born, what they were forced to do, forced into, they kind of are living their part, but at the same time, deep down these different characters have passions and desires and something that's going to certainly, you know, supersede wherever their station is like Cyril, you know, he, he can't be that person, you know, like, uh, you know, we're going to get there later, but he can't be the person that he's like forced in to be right. Mon Mothma is the same, you know, she, you know, when she realized that she she can't or where she's at is good and she's doing the best that she can, but she needs to do more than that. And so she can't, she has to break free from basically what everyone views her as. And, you know, Cassian's the same way, you know, he's been forced into different situations, but he is what he, he is, who he is, and he's going to be who he is. Right. And so I love like, you know, putting these characters in all these diverse situations and seeing them be themselves despite everything. And that's really cool. Yeah, I I feel like she's done a really good job in in portraying Mon Mothma, this character with all this responsibility on her shoulder. And you see that that part where her daughter mentions that she's like neglecting her family, and you can see that she's like hurt by that sentence, but she yeah. also knows that she has to what she's doing is something she has to do, right? Like mm -hmm. she she might be sacrificing some things for but she's trying to protect hundreds of millions of billions of people in the galaxy yeah yeah and, for sure. and, you, and you can just see that on her face when that scene rolled out and that was i'm i'm loving mon mothma's story in this i oh yeah it's just great yeah, and I just want to take a take a quick uh, moment here. Uh, first, yeah, I never even mentioned it, but Kalani, thank you so much for being with us and watching and listening to us and uh, letting us know that you couldn't hear me at the beginning. That was amazing. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Seth, we've already uh, kind of read some of your messages, but thank you for being with us. And then a big shout out also to the Renaissance men. Uh, thank you so much for stopping by. Uh, if that's Stu, uh, it's good to see you. Thanks for being here. He said, hello, guys. Love the podcast. Uh, I'm going to wait until Andor has finished its run and binge it in one go. That would be amazing. You definitely could binge this whole thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
for sure. You every episode ends and you want more. Even after the action episode, you're like, okay, I want to know what happens next. Yeah, yeah. And but I, I'm also like, I, I couldn't, I couldn't wait, man. I gotta watch every episode <laughs> as soon as I get an opportunity to. Like if I, if I'm not working, I wake up Wednesday morning. Oh, time to watch Andor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it is kind. Of, right. It is kind of that nice excitement, like I've talked about. When you have once a week, you 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 wake up on Wednesday. And even even I have to work in the morning. I don't get to watch it till I get home. But, uh, you know, there's that excitement of like new Star Wars today, and yeah. and you just don't get that when when you binge it all. Yeah, and I think that 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 is something really interesting. And I don't know, um, uh, Quentin and Tyler, if you've watched the Renaissance Men, but they're really cool. They like they talk about pop culture. Uh, movie shows all that type of stuff on their podcast and i know they've talked about this before too but it is really interesting like from a business perspective of you know the streaming services dropping a whole series at once or doing it weekly you know or some even do like you know three episodes at a time or two episodes at a time whatever it might be um it, it definitely is interesting i know netflix dropping like whole series a lot of people have seen that the numbers kind of drop off, you know, after a a big stranger things kind of thing drops or, you know, whatever it might be like everybody jumps in, watches that. And then they're like, you know, I I think, you know, even send it O'Reilly. If I remember right, he, they basically will get Netflix for a little bit of time to watch, you know, some of the shows they like and then cancel it type thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I personally, I love the, the every week situation, like you're saying, and I hope Disney, you know, cause they do drop some series like all together, you know? Um, but as far as star Wars goes, I really hope that they continue with this weekly thing because, you know, I love ha- like having something, some excitement to look forward to like every single week. I mean, if they do like one or two or three episodes at the beginning, like I'm going to love that too, but I really hope moving forward, they just continue to have these series like weekly. Cause then you have like, you know, one series is like two months worth of Star Wars every single week. And that just mm-hmm. feels so much better than, you know, all three of us, we would watch the whole series in like a day. <laughs> so then it's like we had Star before. Wars one day. Yeah, I've even done that where uh, I will watch it as they release. But mm-hmm. I've even done it where I've like watched the entire season the day the last one comes out. I'll watch the entire season before watching the last one. Oh yeah, I do that like Mandalorian for sure. Yeah, I was doing that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so Kwani says, give you something to look forward and helps you get through the workday. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Even like if if you know like you know that oh you're like still like you just watched the new one you're like six days out five days out <laughs> it's still like exciting because you're just like oh man you know like what's gonna happen next you you have that time too to like when you're binging you have like four four seconds between the next episode (laughs) is gonna Mm -hmm. play right to like kind of think like okay what's gonna happen once what do i think is gonna happen next right whereas when you have a whole week it's just awesome because you have that whole week to kind of like you know meditate and like really think about like what happened and you know what that could mean the implications for the wider you know spectrum of the story and you know you kind of start thinking like oh what if they did this what if they do that which is really cool you know when you're right it's amazing and then when you're completely wrong it's even better because then it just like blows your mind you're just like oh man i never <laughs> even thought of that you know so yeah, yeah I, you also with 
the weekly versus binging and really all release at one time. The thing is, is that when it all releases at one time, you know, like, like with when Stranger Things did. Yeah. I couldn't, I mean, Stranger Things was nine hours for the first seven episodes that they released. And so I couldn't get that in, in one day. It took me a few nights, uh, uh, almost a week or so to, to get through that. But yeah. when they do that, you, you open your YouTube page and it's full of spoilers because that's true. Everyone, that is true. And, and so, because everyone needs to create content, uh, based on each episode. And I'm almost willing to bet you that as a creator, those, the, those content doesn't do as well when everyone is just watching the full series. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. And so instead of an episode by episode, that's also why I like the release schedule now that they've switched to Wednesdays mm-hmm. because it used to be Fridays and for all those content creators, that would mean working, working the weekend and before in order to get your videos out or like mm-hmm. if it released on Friday nights, we'd be sitting here. Uh, we'd just be watching today, and so we'd have to, you know, maybe have to do a different day of when we when we do our podcasts or anything. So mm-hmm. uh, I yeah. like the during the week release. <clears throat> it also mm-hmm. is like, especially because Wednesday is the the middle of the week, and you're like kind of it starts to drag on by Wednesday, but then you're like, oh, new Star Wars, and it kind of gets you through the rest of the week. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, Seth said the discussion uh, during the wait between episodes is the best. I hate losing that. Yeah, definitely. I I think that, you know, obviously behind the scenes when we all watch it and then we're talking about it, you know, every single day pretty much until, you know, mm-hmm. we, re- we record. So, yeah, it's that's definitely awesome, too. You get that that time to be excited about what you just seen instead of already onto the onto the next episode. And um I do think that it helps with this show too, because of the pacing it's been so far, you know, for instance, like, you know, we're talking uh, still about episode five, right? The ax forgets. Um, Mm -hmm. And I, I love that the episode is so good. You know, if you, if you take it for what it is and piece kind of piece by piece of like, what's building the, the character interactions, you know, how, how we see our, our main character Cassian, right. How we see, um, in this case, Clem, right, as Clem, how he's kind of navigating through this situation that he's in. And you can kind of like see like how he's been so successful for so long, right, of the being the way that he is. He, he's he's pretty easily like slides into this situation that a lot of people, you know, maybe wouldn't even survive. Mm-hmm right being thrown into something like that so i i really like the build up with this one and if there was immediately episode six i feel like episode five could kind of get lost a little bit in the shuffle as far as like discussing all of the really cool you know different character interactions and mm-hmm. you know you're you're really seeing you know that it's like life or death right you're really noticing like oh man like one mistake and you're dead and then the suspicions start building in that there could be a mole, right? There's possibly a mole. And so they're like, oh, man, you know, is, is there a mole in, amongst us? Is there a mole? You know, the, then the Empire is thinking, is there a mole inside of them? So, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's, it's awesome. <laughs> well, let's talk about one of the coolest scenes so far in the show. If just 
they're they're practicing in the valley and they hear hear what sounds like a tie fighter around right oh. so they cover up all the they try to hide everything cover up the weapons cover up the blasters and then when that tie fighter comes screeching through the canyon you know right above the ground you know mm-hmm. that that's that's the empire not just checking in on them that's them using terror tactics right like yeah that would be scary mm-hmm. and and to the empire that obviously they just think these are guys are just the the very few farmers and nomads left in the hills right yeah and they're still trying to terrorize them mm-hmm. and you see them like they're covering their ears it's it's screeching loud right yeah. up the river and you see like the the water get blown off the the river that mm-hmm. was such a cool scene i like the what this show is doing with something like that cuz you feel like on, when you watch a normal when you watch a new hope or return of the jedi or anything a tie fighter is like a dime a dozen they're they're just you know the just a fighter and you've seen the millennium falcon shoot down a bunch of them and so you don't you don't even think they're any like very significant but mm-hmm. then this show is like showing how terrifying the empire is even with these vehicles that are you would you'd almost consider insignificant in in their power mm-hmm. but but it just the they hold the empire's fear and their mm-hmm. dominance and they they are portraying that with a tie fighter they they're mm-hmm. doing that same thing with a stormtrooper because they've only rarely shown a stormtrooper and i don't i think that might uh, and that's not even until episode seven. But even the stormtrooper is terrifying. When when mm-hmm. they walk by it, they're like, "You don't make eye contact. You don't like. You don't mess with them." Yeah. And so they're they're just a new way to look at those those things. It's and it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think another thing like we're gonna talk about it later um, during the eye episode, but. Yeah, talking about uh, Seth was saying about humanizing, right? I think that's like one of the coolest moments in that episode that we'll we'll kind of talk about later. But jumping back to this one, I, I definitely agree. Like, kind of seeing these, even like an individual Tie Fighter, you know, it starts to more like you know prove like there's one person in there, and you know, it, it's not just like you're saying, just like a machine. It kind of reminds me of like you know, back in the day during like these big, huge battles, they'll send out like, you know, different chunks of the battalion. Right. Or they'll say like, all right, send out like this chunk of cavalry. Right. And, you know, the horses go and, you know, you kind of just you think of it as like that, like, you know, the horses are going whatever. But then when you kind of break it down and you see like one individual soldier, one individual horse, like for some reason it just it it like, yeah, like what are you saying? It it humanizes it, it. It makes it like an actual individual versus just like this group of tie fighters like when you see one and it's it's going down like you're saying specifically that it's flying that low to intimidate these poor farmers mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like it's it's yeah it's just it, yeah, it makes he doesn't it need more to get, real he doesn't need to get that low to take a closer look he can the technology they have they could see just fine what's going on down there but mm-hmm. the the sound the screeching the of a tie fighter is mm-hmm. As as Seth mentioned, it's it's iconic, it's loud and oppressive and piercing. It is a very piercing sound. It's yeah. like a screeching sound. And I 
I love that they're utilizing that. Like it's just it's it's an iconic sound. Like you when you hear it, you know you know that's a TIE fighter. You're not like, hmm, mm-hmm. I wonder what ship's coming. Nope. If you it's got, a TIE fighter. If you have a nice uh stereo system on your on your TV, it, yeah. it shook the whole house. In mine, <laughs> it like shook the whole house when it went by. And it's and it's because it the reason it's also so terrifying is because it's in this episode where it's most most of the episode is just talking. Mm-hmm. And so it's like this buildup of fear. And so, but most of the episode is relatively quiet. And then you just get this dominant piercing sound from the TIE fighter. And it, it just gives you chills. Yeah. So I kind of wanted to talk about uh, Nemec. We all like Nemec, right? Mm-hmm. So, Nemec is he's got some interesting uh, thoughts. Uh, so when they're sitting down there talking, and he gives them the milk that Cassian doesn't want to drink, <laughs> uh, he says that we've grown reliant on Imperial tech, mm-hmm. and it almost is like. Yeah, basically like us. We've grown reliant today on the technology that we use. And then uh, he says there's a growing list of things we've known and forgotten. The things they've pushed us to for, forget. And he's what he's doing is he's showing him the, the navigation tool that he's using. Which mm-hmm. is actually just an old, really old uh, Polaroid camera. It's pretty cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, and he's saying things like freedom. And then, uh, so it's a, it's really interesting. I'm trying to find in my notes here, uh, okay. So he's saying about the empire that so much going wrong, so much to say, all of it happening so quickly, the pace of repression outstrips our ability to understand it. Mm-hmm. It's and, and then it says it's easier to hide behind forty atrocities than a single incident, and and that is kind of just chilling to think about because it's easier for them to just the empire to just roll over everyone and do bad things to everyone that no one can even understand it. Mm-hmm. And instead of, if it was only like one thing here or there, they would be like, why is this happening? What's going on? But right. there's just too much going on for them to even comprehend it. And that's what, uh, that's what Nemec is getting at. Like they're hiding, they can hide behind all of these atrocities when it would be hard, much harder to hide just behind one. It's just an interesting idea, and it's almost kind of like what goes on in the world today. You can see it's just so much stuff, but so so that's just another way Star Wars is relating to our everyday life, and it's just an interesting take to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll I'll read a uh, cream cream pie Lars. Thank you for joining, being with us today. He said, would Andor have been better if Cassian started out as a sleepy janitor? 
I think it would have been great for Mexican representation in Star Wars. I, I took that one personally because I'm Mexican, so rather me read that than you guys. But yeah, <laughs> you know what? Cassian could have been a great character like Finn. <laughs> he was an sanitation. environmental sir <laughs> sanitation, environmental services. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, uh, definitely great to see his character again. Because I think a lot of us, when we first saw Rogue One, loved his character. And it was such a great movie. We wanted to see more of it. Even he wanted to to play more of it. But, you know, like, not very many people thought that there would be a, a go back in time. So, yeah, this is amazing to get to see the beginning of his story. Because he's such an amazing actor. And uh, I can't imagine him now not being in Star Wars. Yeah, the and the show is creating such good characters side characters people and just everyday things and or everyday people and mm -hmm. i just it, it's just an interesting take where uh <clears throat> uh it's just it, it's an interesting take that because you see it from standard people's point of view but it's not just like the people from Aldani, which the uh, what you're seeing, but it's also the people on Coruscant, and how life has become dull for everyone. I mean, we start to see that once we get to Episode Seven with Cyril, and he basically has to live in a Ready Player One pod. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Oh yeah, cream pie, cream pie, Lars. He said, "LOL, I don't even think Diego Luna is Mexican." Yes, he is. Uh, he was he, born December twenty ninth, nineteen seventy nine, in Mexico City, Mexico. Yeah, he's huge in telenovelas. So yeah, if if you watch novelas, you know Diego Luna very well. He's been in multiple novelas and uh, lots of Mexican film as well before he ever got famous here in, in uh, the United States. So. Uh, do you guys want, is there more you want to say on this episode or should we move on to episode if we're, six? If we're closing, I, I love, absolutely love the way this episode ended. The, 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 the last line there between Luthen and his assistant, when she tells him it'll all be over this time tomorrow. And then he replies with, or it'll just be starting. Yeah. Like, like we know it's just starting, but that line is like, oh man. That's so good. End it too. It's like. When, and, when as soon as that and then you know credits start rolling you're like i want to see what happens yeah yeah <laughs> that so was excited. definitely the build-up that we needed going into the next episode it was it was yeah. just like perfect like there's some moments when you you just know like it was a perfect crescendo finale right and that was just like mm -hmm. you knew that was gonna happen and it was gonna be like fade to black yeah yeah it, yeah you, once you heard that line and it kind of fades out and you're you're just like no no i want more yeah no or keep just going. be starting he's, he's talking about the rebellion as a, a grander scheme but you mm -hmm. know as as, as and if, if it goes if it goes wrong it could, it could be you know the end it could be a huge a huge uh drawback a downside it could harm the rebellion significantly if it goes wrong mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. if it goes right it'll just be starting mm-hmm 